0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Cypress Street This uh, worship this morning. It's good to have each one here in the house of God. I uh, want to make each one feel uh, at home. You, if you're a visitor, I'd like you to uh, fill out a card uh, where we can uh, officially uh, welcome you and uh, make you feel like a part of our our. Our home and our congregation. Uh, in our giving this morning, I'd like to thank each one for your part in contributing to Cypress Street, and uh, thank you for uh, your giving, because it makes <laughs> makes our church to, to where that it. it operates. And without without the cash, we don't we don't operate. But uh, we trust that the Lord has blessed you in, in your ways, in your life, with the financial that you uh, have been blessed. Today at 2 o'clock uh, will be the church council meeting. Wednesday, uh, 6.30 will be midweek services. Um, next Thursday at 9.30 will be the Children's Garden Spring program. And also next Sunday, Brother Dan will be here with us. Uh, Have you ever been on a camping trip and uh, wanting to uh, catch fish and be entertained by uh, canoeing or boating or uh, fishing? You come upon a site on the bank that someone is cooking for you. And uh, this is a story in John, the 21st chapter. The whole story is from 1 to 14, but uh, I want to read it Uh, in verse 9. When they landed, they saw a fire of coals burning. There with the fish and the, the bread, Jesus said to them, Bring the fish and we will that you have caught. you anticipate to eat something very good, such as fried kit, a catfish or bread, the aroma and the smell of this cooking on the bank entices you to come and participate. Just like this morning as we come this morning into service. We anticipate to be fed the aroma of love and caring and the singing, the preaching, the message that you bring. We all anticipate to be fed as we walk through the doors that Jesus will fulfill our needs in our life. This morning as we sing the worship team as they prepared to sing the songs that God inspired them to to bless us with. The message that Brother Dan has inspired to speak to us. The people that work in our congregation, the sound people, the teachers, each one that has a part that we come to sit down to enjoy A blessed meal that fulfills our soul and feeds us. This morning, let's all join together as we uh, indulge in our service this morning. Thank you.
1: Brother Dan kind of forewarned us last Sunday that we might see a few little changes here and there. (laughs) Well, this morning is your first change, okay? Music does inspire us, and it inspires him as well as he's preparing for the message. So if you have a problem in standing, please feel free to sit down. I've seen little Miss Shirley Kay out there sitting down with her hands raised up just praising and having a good time. So if you cannot stand through all of this, please sit down and continue worshiping through the songs. But they are a blessing. Won't you stand with us as we begin? These first three songs, same key, we're just gonna go from one
2: right to the other, okay?
1: Jesus.
0: As we go to the Lord in prayer, let's always be mindful of the ones that are on the prayer list, those with unspoken prayer and the needs of our country and our needs of our the world and the needs of our hearts. Today's uh, Jean Ward, Baby White Crawford, Blanche Harris, LM. Welch, Vera Edie, Vivian Cootie, Larry Lawson, Joy Knight, Debbie Lee's son family. A lock-in for the Liberty Grove with the youth that will be coming uh, this next weekend. Let's always be prayer for these young people, for they're the future of not only of the church but also of the present. Without youth in our midst that there's no vim and vectorality that keeps us going and I thank God for our youth and for our youth leader. <clears throat> Dear Father, we come to you that knowing that you know our needs, that you know what we stand in need of in our our lives and our families, our youth and our people. We pray for guidance. We pray for wisdom to know what you'd want us to do. We pray that you'll direct our steps, direct our path as we walk through the future of life. We pray for Brother Dan, this morning, as you give him the words to speak to us, pray that you will bless him, continue to direct him as our pastor here at Cypress Street. Such a good sound of saying, Pastor Dan, we thank you and we praise you for sending him and his family our way. We pray for each one for guidance and for this next week no matter what may come our way that we know that you're near us bless in Jesus name Amen
1: Isn't it wonderful to know that no matter what life brings whether it's the loss of a loved one illness, whatever it is your faith still holds because of Jesus Christ on Calvary let's sing that together
3: to, uh, first of all, uh, say good morning. morning. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? Had a beautiful weekend yesterday. I, I, uh, we sat down outside last night on our patio and in the coolness and uh, the evening. And I said, nah, this is pretty good for April, isn't it? And it was a beautiful night. I'm so glad that each of you are here together. I wanted to, uh, take a, a moment to, uh, to uh, give uh, Bryce a chance to just share for just a second. I want you to know how much we should appreciate Bryce and his work with our, our teenagers and our youth. And he's got something big uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. And so, Bryce.
4: Good morning, church family. How are y'all doing? Good um So... Yes, uh, we have a youth lock-in this Friday night, uh, pray for me, <laughs> 12 <laughs> continuous hours with a bunch of kids. Uh, we're looking to probably have 30 to 40 there, uh, according to Thane from Liberty Grove. Pray for him as well, because um, it's going to be a fun night, um, lots of energy drinks I'm going to need. Uh, I'm not as young as I used to be, I've realized <laughs> that. Um, but. I do want to ask a question if anyone is willing um we are going to be providing breakfast for the kids that morning the saturday morning and i need some help um if if you feel, feel led to come help cook uh, mr dale green said he would come and he could use all the help he could get uh, in the kitchen that morning uh, we're going to feed them around seven because it ends at eight um so if you could be there around six thirty, if you can and are willing to help, uh, just come talk to me after the service today and I can get more details for you and stuff like that. But do be in prayer um, for those kids because not only is it going to be a fun night of games and all that kind of stuff, but we're going to do a couple devos. And I want to see the Lord move in that night because it's not all about fun uh, because, because it's all about sharing the gospel and letting, sharing, sh- sharing the love of Christ with those kids and showing them that as they get older um, it is important to share with people who don't know um, the, the wonderful name of Jesus yeah. and so um, that's all I got but thank y'all.
3: Thank you Bryce. Bryce, it doesn't get any better. Stay young. <laughs> if you have your Bibles this morning, I would like to, for you to turn to St. John chapter 20 and verses 19 to 29. I'm going to be reading that. My subject title this morning is Feeling Left Out. Has any of you ever felt left out of anything? You felt left out of the circle of the what's happening. Somebody didn't tell you something. Uh, you know, uh, a, a, a pastor's wish at first, uh, one of the things they hate is when something's going on in the church and they know absolutely nothing about it. Uh, so uh, we want to talk about Thomas this morning. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to read, starting verse 19 of chapter 20 of John. When therefore it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came. He stood in their midst and he said to them, peace be with you. Do you need peace this morning? Do I need peace? Does the world need peace? Does our families need peace? And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. And the disciples therefore rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus therefore said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples, therefore, were saying to him, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas replied to them, Unless I shall see in his hands the imprint of the nails, and put my finger into the place of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, again, his disciples were inside And Thomas with them, and Jesus came, the doors having been shut, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger, see my hands, and reach here your hand and put it in my side, and be not unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. Key verses is verse 25, where Thomas says, Unless I shall see, and then in verse 28, a confession my Lord and my God. What do you do, asks Charlie Brown, when you don't fit in? What do you do when the world is passing you by? Lucy answers that question. Charlie Brown, do you know of any other worlds than this? Charlie Brown responds, no. As far as you know, Lucy says, Charlie Brown, this is the only world there is. Yes, said Charlie Brown. Lucy says then, well, live in it then. That's the message for today. Let us pray, <laughs> no. Have you ever felt like you were one that just did not fit in? You wasn't in the, the no group. You felt awkward. Perhaps you were the last one taken for the baseball team. Perhaps the clothes that you liked we're not seen on anyone else. This is a pastor's worst nightmare, the jokes you tell and nobody laughs. (laughs) The people you like to be around are always by themselves. You seem like your ideas are never listened to. You're shorter, taller, Smaller or larger than anyone else. And finally, you're always the last to know. In our scripture this morning, there was a loner. A misfit, so to speak, at this time. A doubter. Someone that didn't quite fit the glorious story of Easter. We heard and we've just celebrated in the last couple of weeks the resurrection, the death and resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ. And everyone was happy, except Thomas. You see, Thomas just didn't fit in. While everyone else was upbeat, celebrating the risen Christ getting together, singing Kumbaya, I'm sure. For some reason or other, Thomas was not in the right place. He was around the wrong people and he was still searching for the meaning to the tragic events of the previous days. Somehow, Thomas missed the meeting. He missed the message. And sadly enough, he missed the master. Maurice Burke was a pastor, an older pastor, that wrote a book, When You Feel Like a Misfit. And he describes some of the things that must have taken place in Thomas's life feeling left out. If we follow the scripture, with the disciples on the evening of that first Easter. I want you to know it says, it was, we read our scripture. It started off with the resurrection of Christ. But then that evening, the followers of Christ, what had they done? They went to where we think was the upper room, back where they celebrated the, the last supper with Jesus. They all went back there and they hid because they were afraid That the religious leaders, the Romans, would come to get them next. But we find here in this verse 19, that when it was evening, in the evening time of that first Easter, it says that they were together, the disciples were together. I want to tell you something, that church, good things happen when God's people come together. Now, did did y'all hear that? Good things happen when God's people come together? Yeah. Some of you got that. The disciples came together. I want you to notice that uh, when you think about this, the disciples came together with Jesus for what we call the Last Supper. They ran to escape into that same upper room and if you look in, the, in Acts chapter 1 and 2, you'll notice where were they at in the upper room. And what were they doing? They was experiencing the presence of Jesus. And I want you to know when God's people come together, whatever the circumstances in your life, that is where hope, that is where peace, that is where love abounds and i'll tell you what i don't want to miss out on anything when god's people come together because good things happen verse nineteen as they were together it says that jesus himself came into their midst Now, notice the doors were locked nobody expected anyone else to come Probably somebody was at the door watching to see if anybody was creeping up on the building to see if they were were about to, to get arrested. But it says that even with the doors shut, the doors locked, Jesus appeared. Jesus came into their midst. I remind you, where two or three are gathered together, how in my name... I will be there also. Do y'all believe Jesus is here this morning? I believe he is. My faith tells me that. Verse 19, as Jesus appears to them, he says, peace unto you. Peace be with you. Wherever Jesus appears... That whatever is taking place in our life, your life, my life, wherever Jesus appears, he always brings peace. Do any of you need peace this morning? Maybe there's disturbances in your life. Maybe there's things taking place in your families. Maybe there's things taking place in our community and God knows there are a lot of things in this world that is taking place that God doesn't care for. But wherever Jesus is at, he brings us peace. Something about the heartbeat slows down. And we begin to reflect on the beauty of God rather than the disturbances that mark our life. Verse 20 tells us that as the story continues, Jesus then shows them his scars. Verse 20, showed them both his hands and his side, a personal testimony of what he had been through, what he had experienced, the nails in his hands, the spear in his side, the crown of thorns upon him. It was undoubtedly, it was Jesus Christ, the Savior. I like what verse, the end of verse 20 says. It says that Jesus, after Jesus shows him his scars, it says the disciples rejoice. Disciples rejoice. Are you rejoicing this morning in God's love? You're rejoicing in his hope? You're rejoicing in his joy, rejoicing in his love. The disciples rejoiced because they realized the stories that had been told that he had arose from the tomb. So in verse 21, Jesus therefore goes back to the message and he says, peace be with you. And then he says this as the father has sent me to bring peace. I also send you to bring this world peace. Isn't it unique how Jesus shared with us in Matthew chapter five? Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Why, Jesus commissioned us to make peace. Peace with our brother, our sister. Don't wanna leave you sisters out. Uh, peace, peace with others around us even in the midst of our enemies we are to bring peace we are to be the peacemaker Jesus said I'm commissioning you now disciples to go and make peace verse 22 he gives them the means by doing this when he says receive the Holy Spirit folks God's people needs the Holy Spirit to accomplish those things we are sent to do. Somebody said amen. Oh me. If you disagree, just say oh me. But we 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 all need and this and this is a, a subject that I don't think we, we often don't we we neglect. We love salvation. Talk about salvation. I do. But I also love talking about the Holy Spirit. Because that is how we are enabled to do the work of the Father. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not what we can do. It's what God does through us to others. So Jesus gives them his promise, or his Holy Spirit. And then in verse 23, he gives them something that that sometimes I think we hesitate to talk too much about this. He says, if you forgive the sins of any their sins have been forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. What in the world is he talking about? I thought Jesus could only forgive sin. You know, I find out sometimes that when we harbor things against other people, we are enslaving them with our burdens. When we fail to forgive others, it's hard for them to be forgiven. And they carry that guilt around when they have not been forgiven. Then he goes on and he says, he, he says, if you retain the sins of any, they've been retained. So as a peace giver, we are, we are told by Christ, we are commissioned by Christ, Hey, go and forgive people. It's all right to forgive even those that you may be mad at or angry with or or maybe even go to the place of hate, it's time to forgive. Jesus, uh, the, the scripture says in John, they will know us, how? By our love, one for another. So Jesus gives them power to forgive and to retain sins. Now we get down into the heart of the message this morning, verse 24. But Thomas... I would ask you this morning, do we have any Thomases here this morning? Uh, Don't raise your hand. (laughs) But Thomas. Don't put this on tape, but you know, life is full of big butts. Thomas is one of them. But Thomas. Thomas was not with them, the disciples. He was left out. Scripture doesn't tell us where or it doesn't tell us with whom Thomas was with but the scripture says that he was not present when Jesus made any of his appearances from his resurrection. Thomas was not present with Cleophas on the road to Emmaus. He was not with them when Mary talked to Jesus in the garden. Thomas was not there with Peter and John. Thomas was not with any of the followers who had seen the resurrected Lord. So when Thomas was told by those who by now had experienced personally and had seen personally Jesus, Thomas was, I'm not going to believe that till I see it. Now I know none of you have ever said that in life about anything. I'm just not going to believe that till I can see it. Somebody has a great accomplishment. You know I'm a big Chicago Cubs fan. I know y'all don't like that, and I get booed and hissed every place I go. But but in 2016, I was one of these doubters because I've been a Cubs follower for since my dad, and I just followed in. And when they started, they won the World Series in 2016. I said, I can't believe that. I I don't believe what I just saw. I, I, they won the World Series. Oh, they haven't. Doesn't been anywhere close to there since, but they did in 2016, the first time in over hundred years. If I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I just wouldn't have believed it. Well, Thomas says, says this, I am not going to believe about this risen Christ until I see it. Our society is a non-trusting people who are just like Thomas when we talk about this risen Christ, they don't believe it because they had not seen the risen Christ. Now, I don't want to, I want to move beyond seeing him verbally or physically, but I want to see us to see, talk about us seeing him spiritually this morning. I don't think there's anybody in our congregation that's over 2,000 years old this morning That probably saw the physical resurrection of Christ. But I believe that there are followers of Christ here that have seen the Lord in their hearts and have believed. They may not have seen him, but they have seen him in their hearts. The world needs to see a church, a people that see a people that trust in a risen Christ. Not one that says, I hope, or I have heard about, but someone that is experiencing the joy and the love and the forgiveness and the the peacemaking of a risen Christ. This carries over into our spiritual walk with God. We trust God when we can get our hands, uh, hands on it. We doubt the words of God sometimes when things don't take place like we want them to take place. We just can't get past the fact that the message sounds good. But to incorporate something into our life that we cannot feel, see, or reason. That's what Thomas was going through. He'd heard his friends, his brothers in Christ talk about the risen Christ, but he could not wrap his arms around that Jesus was alive. And he was living in the fellowship of his people. You know, each of us must have our own personal experience with Christ. It's not a hearsay thing that I tell you this morning or visualizing a picture of Christ, but it's experiencing the true risen Christ. Not having to believe somebody else's story. You know, my mom and dad raised me just like your moms and dads probably raised you to believe the wonderful story of Jesus, how he came, how he was born of a virgin Mary and how he came to earth and he grew up to be a man and how he, he was a great teacher and a great healer and, and he, was Jesus, he was God The divine son of God, as well as Jesus that was living in the flesh. I've heard that story. I've heard about Jesus loves me, this I know. I've heard all the songs, these songs that I sang, most of these are old songs that I grew up on. But what a wonderful encounter we should have with an experience with a, 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 a in an experience with a living savior so thomas was left out of experiencing christ verse 25 says that he was forced to examine his own faith in church sometimes we have to examine our own faith what do we really believe about the risen christ Is he real? Is he a figment of our imagination? Is it a fairy tale? Or is it a fact? Thomas was faced because he was left out. Unless I see him for myself, Jesus said, Thomas said. And that's the cry that Jesus would have all of us cry out together. I want to see a true, intimate, real experience with God this morning. This series of sermons that I started out first Sunday and Palm Sunday and Easter and last week and this week, I'm trying to build on the fact, folks, that we need a personal encounter with Jesus Christ each and every day of our lives. It's not something we talk about. It's not something we listen to a preacher, we go out and we come back next week. It's a real living experience of Jesus rose from the grave. And he rose from the grave to live, not just in me, but to live in each and every one of us. Because that's where true peace is. It's when Jesus shows up, he gives us peace. Let me go on with this scripture. Verse 27, Thomas had locked... Excuse me, Thomas had lacked the personal experience of the risen Christ. Thomas had followed Jesus for three, three and a half years. He'd been a good disciple. He'd seen the miracles of Jesus. He'd heard the great teachings of Jesus. But he lacked the personal experience of the risen Christ. Now I like the as we read into a little bit of the scripture, the fact that Thomas didn't completely alienate himself from the church. You know, that's what a lot of people are doing today when they don't see the real thing. They began to alienate themselves from from Christ. But Thomas didn't he didn't alienate himself. He didn't shut the door on perhaps Christ did re- resurrect from the dead. But when he was confronted by Jesus, verse 28 says, Thomas answered, my Lord and my God. How long has it been since we have confessed that to the Lord? I've experienced the risen Christ. He is my Lord. He is my everything. He is my God. He is in control of my life. He owns me. I serve him. I follow him. I obey him. Thomas asked for proof. And when he received it through the prints of the nails and the wounds in the side of Jesus, his doubt yielded to conviction. And I pray this morning that our doubts that we are faced with every day I pray that our doubts yield to the conviction that Jesus is real and he's alive today because I experienced him and you have experienced him. Thomas fell before Jesus. He didn't allow his honest doubt to prevent faith from moving him to conviction. Thomas had heard about the event of Jesus' resurrection, but it wasn't until he experienced the risen Christ that his life was definitely changed. Some of us know the event of Christ's resurrection, but we've never had that life-transforming experience within us. Some of us doubt Every week, but the story of Thomas teaches us that we can still be faithful to God even in moments of honest doubt. While Thomas was waiting for proof, he didn't go off on his own. Instead, he stayed in his circle with the risen when the, until the risen Jesus appeared and erased his doubts. Now, very quickly this morning, I'm going to try to help us uh, pull something out of this for our everyday living. I want to tell you there are some good reasons to be left out. For one of the things, I am glad to be left out of a lot of the things that are transpiring in our world today. Jesus said we was in the world, but we're not of the world. We are children of God. We are to act and to live as God lives. God lives. Good reasons to be left out. Number one, He keeps you alive. Alive with an air of expectancy of what's God gonna do next in my life. Do you know that God is at work all around you? He's at work all around me. He's at work all around this church. In the many different activities that we may be going through. It's good to be left out of some areas because God wants to do, give us a, a life of expectancy and to realize that he is at work. You know, sometimes we want, uh, we want God to answer our prayers and we want God to do some things that we want him to do. But I, I want to tell you, I think it's important that we pray to God and we join God in what he's doing rather than asking him to join us in what we're doing. You know, sometimes we got it all, all backwards and we, we want to do our own thing. and We want to do what, what seems good in our ears and good to us. But, you know, God's got some things he wants to do within us and we need to pray to Join him in what he's doing. I believe God's at work in some of your lives. I know God's at work at mine. I sat in my office this morning. I always try to just reflect a little bit about what I want to share. And it was like I cried God, what do you, what do you want from me? I, I want, what, are you, what are you going to do today? Because I want to be a part of it. And that was my prayer this morning. I want to be a part of your lives as God is transforming your lives into that more perfect image of Christ in you. Have that air of expectancy. Stay on that cutting edge of life in your faith. Second reason to be left out is some of the pressures, that intentions that come into our life create good things within us. It was the Apostle Paul that said, when I am weak, then I am strong. I am well content in my weaknesses, Paul says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Our faith of expectancy, our life of expectancy leads to many pressures and tensions that are, we are, we are uh, surrounded by in this world. But we need to realize that even though we can't handle them, God can through us. For he is our strength. He is our song. I, I woke up uh, earlier this week and I started singing the song and I realized that I'd forgotten the words to it. You ever do that? But you know, singing and, and, and one thing about, uh, as noted earlier, I like songs. I, I like to sing because singing opens up your heart. It opens up your heart. The things you listen to are the things you absorb in your heart. Did you know that? I love to hear the old hymns. I love to, to hear new choruses. I love music, God's music, because it opens up my heart to worship and to know him more. Number three. Ill-fitting situations, when we are a misfit, like a misfit, ill-fit, ill-fitting situations rub the rough edges off. Does anybody, anybody here have any rough edges in their life? I didn't hear any amens or amen. I'll, amen, I got some rough edges in my life. Just ask my wife. She can give you maybe one or two. Uh but I got some rough edges in my life. But you know, when things come along and we are confronted with things in life and when we're alone, when we feel like we just don't fit in, maybe that's the time that God wants to rub some of those rough edges off of our life and smooth this out. To work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Ill-fitting jobs. I... uh, worked for NASA for uh, about 10 years. And uh, to get there, it's another story, and I won't go into that all right now, but one of the th- things that I found, I, I never grew up to know anything about uh, rockets and spaceships and astronauts. That was the farthest thing from my mind. And God opened up that door. When I didn't know anything about it, the guy that hired me, It was right after the Challenger accident, and they were rewriting all of the documentation and specs for for the for the boosters, and and uh, so uh, I I went to church one day, and some buddy at church said, "You don't have a job, do you?" Because I just resigned my church. I said, "No." He said, "Uh, "What you gonna do?" I said, "I don't know." He said, "Well, don't worry about it." About Wednesday of that week, he called me up. He said, hey, you want a job? And I said, yeah, I want a job. He said, be here at 7.30 in the morning. It took me 10 years to get out of that job. But one of the things uh, that he did, I said, I don't know anything about this industry. He said, you write sermons? I said, yeah, I've written a couple of them. He said, you're qualified. So you look at the NASA documentation and you realize that, I was a part of all the documentation and all the failures of NASA, I was a part of. But they rubbed that job, rubbed some really rough edges off. There were days that I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, there were there were times that I was uh, told by a, a supervisor to go do something and I thought, all right, I don't know what I'm doing. I just go do something and I don't know if I was right or wrong. But I had, uh, I, I, the lesson was, it was a, it was a time that gave showed me how to have some flexibility in my life where i used to like i was used to be like my wife you know a b c i'm not that way anymore i just take it as it comes but but anyhow any, anyhow those rough edges god taught me some flexibility in that job and he taught me how to meet strangers now you say as a pastor you're supposed to meet strangers i am an introvert and i make no Apologies for that. I know y'all don't believe that, but I am an introvert. And uh, I, I was afraid of people. I was afraid of people all the way back till I could trace it back to my first grade. When I was in first grade, my dad was the principal. I had been in that school before many times, but on the first day of first grade, I didn't know what to do with myself, and so I went out in the hall, and all I did was cry and squalled and they had to go get my brother. that was up in, a couple of years ago and come and hold my hand all day in first grade. That's how I am with people. But through life, God takes the rough edges and he smooths this out for his use. And that's what was taking place in Thomas' life. Then I want to say this. A good reason to be left out. Number four is that if you fit in too often with the crowd, you'll never be the leader of the crowd. Think of that. A lot of people want to be leaders, but sometimes we have the tendency to want to fit in. Now, most of you I know that I have met, you, 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 uh, you're, you're all cut out of a different piece of cloth. You know that? There's no two people in this place alike. And God has made it that way because there's a task to be done by the church. And it takes all of us working together, doing our part to bring the church together. I believe now I've only been here four weeks, but I believe that God wants to do a new and fresh work in this church. Amen? Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to set the pace, to take the lead? I don't want to say, well, such and such is not doing this, and such and such is not doing that, so I'm not going to do that. You know, you guys have, have, have done very well uh, functioning without a pastor for two three to three years. And, and so y'all know your part now. And so I continue, I, I ask you to continue to do your part so, because I can't do all of your parts. Some of you are prayers. Some of you have great influence on other people. Some people are leaders and some are followers. But God has given us all the ability to be a leader in that corner of our own little world. Thomas became a leader. If you notice as we conclude these thoughts. That as we experience Christ and as Thomas experienced Christ, he soon realizes as Jesus did for his disciples and for those, his followers, that nothing is impossible with God. Not even the resurrection from the grave. As we experience Christ, we realize that God's desire for us is to have a personal, unique relationship that only you can have. None of us can have the same experience. We all have different testimonies. We all are witnesses of where God what He has done in our life. God has a desire for you and me as a misfit for that unique relationship with him. I want you to know that the spirit is available to those that will expect God's presence in their midst. The spirit is available this morning just as Jesus came to those disciples said receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus comes to us this morning and he challenges us to have that same prayer. Lord, give me your Holy Spirit. I need a helper to be what you want me to be. Lord, I'm a misfit. I don't fit in. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, I can be everything you want me to be. Well, Doubting Thomas may have been the last to know, but the world knows today they call him Saint Thomas. His story ends not with doubt, but with acts of faith. Thomas was on the shores of the Sea of Galilee when Jesus appeared. Thomas was there in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came upon the faithful and transformed their little group into a global Christian faith. And according to Christian tradition, Thomas was there to take the faith of the resurrected Christ to India, where he is revered today as church founder and martyr. Thomas felt like a misfit But he was great in the kingdom of God. Now there's one other thing I want to address with you this morning. As I've talked about Thomas being left out. It is this I would ask you this morning. As Jesus appeared to the group of disciples on that first Easter evening. Thomas was left out. My prayer is that none of us will be left out when Jesus comes again. You know, the Bible tells us Jesus in all of his life, even before he ascended into heaven, he said, he, he talked about him returning. Acts uh, chapter 1, the, the disciples watched him go into heaven and the, earth, and the angels said, hey, why are you looking up in the sky? He's coming again in the same manner. I want you to know that Jesus is coming again. And it's a, it, it is a uh, doctrine or theology that I don't hear preached a lot these days is the fact that we are called to be ready. We are called to have our garments pure and holy and to live as he is holy and to be ready when he comes. We don't know when Jesus is coming again, just as the disciples never knew when Jesus was coming uh, into that upper room. They locked the doors. They weren't going to let anybody in. But Jesus came, and I want you to know the world may seem like they locked the doors to the message of Christ. But I want you to know when it's time, Jesus will return. And he's coming back for a church that is ready, a church that are obedient, a church that is faithful, a church that is committed to the mission of going into all the world and teaching and preaching the gospel. May God bless you this morning. Smile at me so I know you're still on my side. I want you to know my love is growing for you. And I love talking to you. I love joking with you. I enjoy crying with you. And I had to put up with Priscilla every day. And I still love her. <laughs> God is good. And I want to challenge you, church. Let's go. And we may feel like misfits. But remember, we're overcomers through Christ who loved us in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this time that we come together. Lord, we read the story about Thomas, doubting Thomas, and how I'm sure that he felt left out because he hadn't seen the risen Christ. Lord, help us to recognize that we can see the living Christ every day of our life as we commit our hearts and our lives to you that we may enjoy your presence, that you may walk with us and talk with us, and that you may guide us. Lord, this morning, if there be someone that does not know you, that is not ready for your coming, but yet they feel like a misfit, they haven't fit in, Lord, I pray that you would surround them with your Holy Spirit even right now and draw them into your presence. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as we sing this morning?
0: Let's sing them last two words right there. Jesus, oh Jesus, without a piano. Let's all do that together.
2: Jesus, oh Jesus.